T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is At Home Connecticut, hosted by Joey Burgoyne, highlighting events and happenings that are taking place in your home. Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good morning and welcome to another episode of At Home in Connecticut. I'm your host, Joey Burgoyne. And on this Mother's Day, parents are working. The kids are, you know, adjusting to life at home. So I thought it'd be a great time to bring in Dr. Julian Ford. He's the professor of psychiatry at UConn Health. And we're going to get into a little bit of, you know, how to help our kids, how to help ourselves get through this time where families are needing to adjust, children are needing to adjust, especially with, you know, school being canceled for the season. They're missing their friends. We're missing coworkers. Dr. Julian, thank you for joining me this morning, and just give us a little bit of insight how we can all adjust to this new social normal, if you will. And and I know this is a really tough time for kids and for families, for parents. Uh, I think that the the place where I would start is by just being being very real about it. The fact is that it's really frustrating, and and, and it's awful for kids to not be able to know that they're going to be able to go back. And of course they, they want to, they want to do all that classwork and see their teachers. Well, yeah, of course they want to see their teachers <laughs> well, I mean, and, and they really want to see their friends. And that's the thing. Children so, and kids and humans, in that fact, are a creature of habit. You know, that now they've, they've had to adjust to the social learning and it was with the hopes of we were returning to school. Now that they're not returning to school, it's hit in a different way. Absolutely. And I think I think the the place then to go next is, okay. so school is not an option as it has been in the past, but your friends are still your friends and you still want to stay in connection with them. Let's figure that out. And you know what? I I have grandchildren now um, as well as as kids. Um, And what I've found is that the, the younger the generation, the more they know about ways to be in virtual connection. I know it's not the same, but actually, I, I've actually, I just was talking with some young adults who were saying that, you know, in some ways, they're, they're more familiar with FaceTiming and Zooming and WebExing and all that than, than they are with just hanging out together. It's, it's become actually something that, that is very expectable and, and very normal. Again, it doesn't do the same thing as being right there where you can just, you know, kick a ball together or do a dance together or a hug or whatever that might be. But I think the starting point is for parents to let their kids know, okay, so we're, we've got to be creative. Show me, you know, how, how are we going to make sure that you still stay connected to your friends? Because I need you to do that. I need you to make sure that you're not depending on me to be your only social contact because I'm just an adult and I get tired. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, that's what, you know, over the years, we've all tried to limit our kids' screen time. You know, it, yeah. it, but now it's almost like the exact opposite where they need to be on the schoolwork computer website or like, you know, you said, you know, social interacting with their friends via mm-hmm. Snapchat or Facebook Messenger, keeping mm-hmm. them engaged, but yet it's still screen time. So I think a lot of parents, too, are coping with that. For years, we've told our children limit the screen time, but now we're telling them you need screen time to learn. And it's kind of a dichotomy that I think a lot of parents, myself included, and our kids had to kind of adjust to where it's, no, go on your computer, do your schoolwork, chat with your friends. It's okay right now. As a parent, I understand that you're missing your friends. I'm missing my friends at work. I've been, you know, staying home from for work almost two months now. So I understand what they're going through. But from me as an adult to a child, you know, children usually don't understand what adults are saying, unfortunately, to them. Well, I think that this is it's an opportunity for all of us to and to help our kids to make a the distinction between good screen time and bad screen time. And it's not just the content, although it, that has something to do with it, but it, it's more that good screen time is where you're actually connecting with. You're making you're you're talking with someone, you're you're doing something together. So, you know, a lot of a lot of us are now doing games together with our friends and kids are as well. So as long as there's an interaction where it's a person-to-person interaction, it's not just a video game. It's not just passively watching a screen and being entertained, but it's active and it's social. Mm-hmm. Those are then the things that make screen time a very good thing. And, and it's also the case that this is a way for adults and parents to help their kids to recognize that you know sometimes it is still good to turn off the screen. And you might even actually spend a little bit of time with the people who are right there at home with you. And, you know, that was one of the things it's because they they're, the way their school district work is they get Monday and Tuesdays work on Monday. Then they get mm-hmm. Wednesday and Thursday on Wednesday. And Friday's kind of like a redo, check up, check back in with your teacher. So we've been doing on Monday. They do Monday and Tuesday's work. So if everything's good on Tuesday or Thursday, we try to sit down and watch a documentary, you know, something Mm. educational that we can talk about after. So a couple weeks ago was the tragic sinking of the Titanic. So Mm. we watched a couple of Titanic documentaries and, you know, talked about that because when I remember from school is that was kind of one of the things you learned around that time in their grade was you know, the Titanic in history. So they've been watching it mm-hmm. and, and and we're trying to tie it to things they're doing in school. So right now they're learning about Rome and Sparta and stuff like that. So we've been watching documentaries on that. So it is that educational screen time that everyone's kind of had to adjust to. And it's, it's paying off because they've taught, you know, even at dinner time, they'll be like, Hey mom, we watched this today. And she'll be, what did you learn? You know, it's different. It's that homeschool teaching without them realizing they're being taught. <laughs> Well, I think what you're describing is a wonderful example, and you don't need a psychologist to, <laughs> to tell you this. You just need a creative parent that when you engage kids in activities that are interesting to them, and when they're discovering things that tap into what they want to learn more about, what they find interesting and fun, then you, that's where you get the, the actual experience that learning becomes not a, a discipline or something that you have to force yourself to do. It actually becomes something you want to do. I was just talking to a, an 18-year-old yesterday who said, you know, his one of his main goals in life is to always be learning. And, you know, I'll bet you that his parents don't know that. I bet he hasn't told them that. 
And I think for a lot of kids, that's really their goal, but they're never going to tell us as no. parents. We, we have to just see that and then find creative ways, whether it's documentaries, whether it's a book, whether it's some art, whatever, music, as long as it's something where then it engages you, the adult, the parent, and your child or children, then you're, you're learning together. And that shared experience, then now you've got the social and you've also got the cognitive. Mm -hmm. Great combination. And I think that's one thing as parents, you know, we've kind of lost touch of letting the kids teach us how they want to be taught. You know, let them Good kind point. of... If there's something that interests them, let them take the lead. Let them figure out how to and teach you by them learning how to do it and be interested in something like that. You know, if the, like one one of my both of them, I guess we could say I have twin boys and a little one. They're, so they're 11 and eight. And mm. the, the older ones are really getting interested in computers, whether it be computer gaming or just, you know, watching people build computers on YouTube. So once we all kind of got stranded at home, I'm like, well, I'll be working a lot from home. Now is a perfect time to build a computer together. So we ordered the parts online. It came in. We all put it together. And they learned while we were doing it without them realizing that they were actually learning because they were having fun doing it. You know, I think as parents, we've lost a lot of that. Just we send them to school. They learn. We, we get them home. We do homework. We have dinner. Now it's the get involved in their education and a lot of parents, I don't think, understand how to do that anymore. You know, I think that's why, and I'm going to draw on some, some old traditions uh, that can still be updated. I think that's why kids used to go out into the garage or down in the basement and work at the tool, at the tool desk with, the, with their dad. Mm -hmm. Sorry to be a little stereotypical. Or why they would hang out with their mom and do some cooking together and learn about how to make really great stuff and use all those wonderful recipes and all those kitchen tools and stuff. So those were ways in which we used to engage kids in activities that they found interesting, that they learned from, and they could also then teach us things too. And that, that's actually one of the great things about our current situation. Kids know so much more about technology than we as adults ever do. Mm. So they can not only be taught, they can learn how to build a computer, but I'm sure that your 11-year-olds are probably teaching you all kinds of tricks and things you can use in, in using the computer more creatively and using the internet more creatively. Yes, and that's one of the things that I talk to them many times about is I am a little bit more tech-savvy than probably a good chunk of their, parent, their friend's parents. Mm -hmm. So it's the, okay, guys, I know kind of what we're doing here, so mm -hmm. let's continue that and, you know, advance that. And ironically, just before I talked to you, I had to time myself because I just installed, we just put a new kitchen faucet in the house. So it was, you know, <laughs> one of my kids was helping me with installing the kitchen. It's those life skills that, there you, go. you know, whether, like you said, be helping mom cook. You know, one of my sons loves baking. So they, him and my wife have been baking cookies mm -hmm. every couple nights just to have some cookies in the house. But he's learning. And then I, what's funny is, okay, you're making cookies. So we're doing two batches of cookies. Well, they call for a quarter cup of milk, milk each. So how much is that together? All of a sudden we're uh, teaching fractions while we're man. making cookies. Yeah. You know? So I think of those life skills, those, unfortunately, I want to say common sense things that we all grew up learning. Like you said, mm -hmm. you know, going out and just living as a child has gotten lost. And 
it's very beneficial, I think, like you were saying, for kids to experience these things on their own. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing I would really want to highlight is that kids are so resilient. You know, of course, they don't like a lot of what's happening and it, it is stressful, but they're incredibly resilient. And we as adults sometimes have to kind of catch up to them. And I think that one of the most important things in, in helping kids in this situation is that they need to know that we, as their parents or their adult caregivers, that we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Not, not that we're happy campers all the time. We can be stressed. We can have difficult situations and feelings that are, that are not always positive. But just to know that we're okay and that we're carrying on. Our lives are not the same as they have been. But many of the routines, many of the things that we do, I was talking to some colleagues here at, at the medical center where I work, and some of them said that their kids don't want them to come into work because they're afraid that they'll catch the virus. And so we talked about that, and they came up with this wonderful idea of when they go into work, they'll, they'll just do a little FaceTiming from their office and say, you know, I, now I'm at work. Hi, how's everybody at home? Mm-hmm. And they do a check-in. And what that does is that shows their kids, A, they're safe, B, they're going through their normal routine, even though many things they're doing are not normal, and and they are sometimes even very challenging. And it's also telling their kids, you know, I'm always thinking about you. I'm not not always watching you. (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. But you're with me, and I'm safe. And so you can let me go ahead and do what I need to do. And that's often why kids can get really pretty rambunctious and sometimes even seem sort of uh, argumentative because it's not they really want to pick an argument, but they just don't know. Are you okay, mom and dad? Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing that I think is crucial. It's not just what we say or do with our kids. It's how we are taking care of ourselves and making sure that our kids know that we're getting through this. It's stressful, but we're getting through this. Yeah, and I mean, that's one of the things. My wife works at uh, Manchester Hospital. She works mm. in the pharmacy there in the IV. Le- she does the IVs. And, wow. you know, so it's she's also in She Every day we come, she comes home. We talk to her. How was her day? And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's right now it's the, you know, we release this many patients. There's this many patients. So I think one thing, too, is to not hide what's going on from your children you know talk to right. them about it let them under let them ask you questions and if you don't know the answer find the answer let them ask the questions help them understand that everyone is going through this like you said and educate them in a calm collective way that this is what's going on it's okay yes things are mm-hmm. stressful for everyone society has changed i mean things will this is one of those things i've tried to tell them and when their kids are in school and their grandkids are in school, they'll be learning about this in the textbooks. This That's is right. one of those times in history where, as an apparent, when they get to that age, they'll be able to say, I remember when. And mm-hmm. I think letting them absorb that, that they're living through history, helps mm-hmm. them understand the importance of this and the fact that, like you said, all the parents have a little different role in their lives and a different role in their own work life to kind of meld those two together and understand that the, you know, what everyone's saying, we're in this together, but separate. I think that's one thing that is helping children realize that everyone, not just them, their friends, their friends, parents, everyone is kind of adjusting on their own and it's okay to feel stressed out. Talk to mom and dad, talk to your friends. What are they doing? And understand that 
this is unprecedented. We're all kind of working through this together. There's no guideline. We're making the guidelines up as we go. That's right. We're building it as we fly it. That's it. I think that, that that's a great thought that this is a time where parents can help their children to create memories and to really frame those memories. And those memories will become the history in generations to come. So there, there are times that sometimes we wish we could just forget or get past or get through. And sometimes that's, that is the case, but more often they're actually really important memories that we need to make sure we carry with us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a memory of fixing the, the kitchen sink. You know, that's the thing. The I, plumbing. We're all in this, you know, it's the proverbial, we're all in this together, but we're all learning. We're getting through this together. And I appreciate you coming on. And my guest this morning, again, is Dr. Julian Ford. He's a professor of psychiatry over at UConn Health. And you deal with this on a daily basis. So what you're bringing and, you know, just comforting voices to the, the parents out there that are freaking out because now everyone's a parent, a stay-at-home mom, and a stay-at-home school teacher. There's a lot on our plate. So I, I appreciate you joining me this morning and, you know, just giving some levity to the situation for families. Well, thank you, Joey. I appreciate the chance to talk with you. And for you and all the parents out there, you are getting through this and you're doing some wonderful things for your kids. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You've been listening to At Home in Connecticut, a public service project produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.